0: Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Laundromat Millionaire Show. We have some veterans in the industry with us today, Joe Dan Reed and Kelly Reed of Lexington, Kentucky, and their 10, 10 stores now of Splash Them Out Laundry. Uh, today, we, we really get into some interesting topics. We talk about lease negotiations, um, doing pickup and delivery, and introducing folding machines into it as well. And uh, machine choice, what machines are best for you. So definitely some golden nuggets in this one. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Would you like to make more money from your laundromat? Would you like those machines you're paying for to have more turns per day? Do you offer wash, dry, fold services or pickup and delivery laundry services? If not, would you like to? Whether you do or not, we have an amazing opportunity for you in Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Yeah, you've probably heard about it, guys, but it's our wash, dry, fold pickup and delivery workshop. And to answer your first question, yes, it is for drop off laundry, wash, dry, fold and pickup and delivery. If you're doing any of those things, this workshop is gonna help you tremendously. But the truth is, we were pretty so-so laundromat owners and so-so successful until we launched Drop-Off Laundry and Pick-Up and Delivery. And being able to, what I call, optimize your laundromat to generate more profit and more revenue out of the existing facility, that's the key to taking your life from good to great, financially speaking, with laundromats.
0: And that's what made us laundromat millionaires. You don't have to just listen to us. Listen to what some of our past attendees have to say about our wash dry fold pickup and delivery workshop in Cincinnati, Ohio.
2: It was the best workshop I've attended in over 25 years. And what you guys have put together is nothing short of phenomenal. I think that you guys have put together both strategic and tactical systems that uh, will make an individual who wants to own a laundromat profitable within, within months
1: not years. was the workshop worth the investment, without a doubt, it was definitely worth the investment. Uh, so not only did we have two uh, very packed days uh, with uh, Dave and Carla and, and their team, uh, both uh, in the classroom and touring the facilities, uh, but we also came away uh, with this uh, extensive 100-page uh, handbook. And then after the uh, workshop was completed, I received a bunch of uh, electronic performers, uh, and templates that uh, we've been able to use uh, since the workshop.
0: Every day since the workshop, I
1: found myself referring back to uh, either those electronic tools or, or the to handbook to
3: receive. So,
0: was it worth the investment? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I cannot say that enough. This was such a blessing, and I am so very grateful that Dave and Carla put this together and are sharing their knowledge and experience with others um, to have this to have this, to grow their business and to become more successful. Thank you guys. So are you interested? Go to laundromatmillionaire.com to learn more and see where you can register. All right. So Joe Dan and Kelly Reed, welcome to our show. We are pleased to have you. And from not too far away, you're just in Lexington. That's only what, about an hour south of us? It It is
3: about an
0: hour. Thanks
3: for having us.
1: Yeah. For those of you that are on YouTube, they are the legendary splash them out king and queen <laughs> down in. Uh, so go check out YouTube. They've been. Uh, how long have you guys been doing that year? No, you've been doing it way before. A co- couple of years on the splash. I mean, but you see, okay. I used to put everything on just my name, Jodan
2: Reed. And okay. so I had videos from 10 years ago. And okay. I, just- I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, but I didn't bring those videos. But yeah, when uh, Joseph was like six, I mean, it's been a long time. Oh, wow. Um, but but then I just launched the the Splash Them Out channel. And then that's okay. totally geared toward mats only.
1: Yeah. So, the other yeah. channel,
2: all my personal, fun, stupid,
1: you know. Silly
2: stuff.
3: Silly things
1: we do. Oh, now I'm going to have to go check that out. <laughs> I don't know. what I thought I had seen the Jodan Reed, uh, I guess, a video of something you did at one point. I guess I thought maybe you just changed the name of the channel over to Splash Em Out. But they're different channels. I
2: new channel. I just made an all-new channel. And then gotcha. a lot of at the Jodan
1: Reed, I had said, well, I made a new channel. And then a lot of those came
2: and followed. Mm-hmm. Okay. What
0: kind of stuff do you do on the Splash Em Out channel? I haven't actually seen it.
2: Really? Uh, well,
0: yeah. Like, do you do repairs and stuff or more just... I- Showing
2: yeah. around the laundromat. Yeah, I do we do repair videos? We do. Uh, I don't know, just like uh, start to finish build a laundromat uh, from oh.
1: start to finish. That was pretty uh, popular. Uh, that that, that was, one's got a lot of views. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: um, and then like lately, like uh, card systems. What card systems we like or don't like? Mm-hmm. Uh, quarters Is first it. card.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: We've done. Um, you Is know love of top loaders. The love of top loaders. I love top loaders. And,
1: you know, they're great boaters. Sorry, Steve. For those of you all that can't tell, we already know each other. I consider you all friends. Hopefully you consider us friends. Absolutely. They're about an hour away. We use the same equipment distributor. So if you've read my book, heard our podcast, heard me rave about HM Company and Steve Millman, my my mentor back to 2009 and now a very good friend. Uh, incredible man of high integrity. We share the same distributor. Uh, they have the same experience, not as long, I'm sure, but uh, same experience with HM. So we are uh, we're pretty get, getting to be pretty good friends. I guess is a fair way to put it. Yes. Um, At this point, so we know each other, so this will be a fun episode. We're excited to have you guys on the show, and uh, we thank you for your time. I know you're super busy trying to get that commercial place built out, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, but listen, before we jump into the episode, I want to find out because I actually don't know the answer to this. Um, tell us about y'all's just real quick, tell us about y'all's childhood and then how y'all met because you've been together for quite a while now. Yeah,
3: I'll let you go
1: ahead. Well, I'm from Lexington,
2: Kentucky, born and raised here. Um, and, and I went to Cassidy Morton and Henry Clay High School. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I graduated, um, went to college and then, I, well, I met Kelly in college. It's funny. I met Kelly in college. Um, she sat behind me in English 101. Um, and she thought I was the biggest jerk she ever met. I'm not going to tell them the full story, but <laughs> no, but then, awesome.
1: but then we left, we left. And then, then ten years but later. then you turned on the Jodan charm and she couldn't. 10 resist. years later.
0: 10 years, ten oh years later. Goodness. I didn't see it for a full 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years. He probably had I'm some mean, growing up to do right. before she was ready for Oh, race. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
3: not, I'm not sure if he's there yet.
0: But. <laughs> well, I, I was at Keeneland. You've heard of Keeneland
2: Racetrack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Racing. So I was at Keeneland. And ironically, she was at Keeneland at the same time. And she came up to me and she goes, Do you remember who I am? I said yes, I do, and then we've been together since. Wow. Uh, we went we went out to dinner that night, and we've been we started dating and and never turned back, and we got married. And, and
3: so here we are. So here we yeah. are,
1: and then so Kelly, what's the real story? We know there's another side to the story. You were born in Lexington.
3: Well, there is a
1: part
3: <laughs> of that story. He was a jerk, but I was born in Lexington. <laughs> and, um, seven brothers and si- uh, sisters. So eight oh wow. Of- wow. So I'm the youngest of the eight, Um, grew up in Lexington, um, graduated high school, got a job at uh, a rental car company, worked my way up to management, Um, decided while I was working there that I would like to go into nursing. So I actually worked full time and went full time to nursing school, graduated from nursing school um, as a registered nurse and decided that really didn't like it so much. We decided to start a cleaning company, and um, from there, it's just kind of. Oh,
2: it's exploded! Yeah, you know.
3: exploded. And actually, we started doing pickup and deliveries from just washers and dryers in the basement of our office. We, we went owned.
2: to HH Greg mm-hmm. and bought. We see we knew nothing. No about, This was for this was 22, 23 years ago. We knew nothing about the laundry industry. It's funny, right? Uh, we didn't even know there was a distributor or anything. So we went to HJ Greg and we bought, what was it, five uh, washers. Mm-hmm. and We bought five gas dryers. We hooked them all up in the basement. Of your and house?
0: No, of, of, of our, our office. All your oh, facility. Your, yeah. facility. your yeah. office for your cleaning company. You. So, cleaning so company. then the cleaning company would clean, like, order. homes and
3: clean offices. And, okay. And so the, the majority of our clientele were the customers that we had cleaning homes. We just didn't have time. To go in and leave our employees there, you know, laundry is mm-hmm. time consuming, especially if you have one washer and one dryer. Mm-hmm. And then so we decided we were gonna start.
1: There's nothing better than free. Ever heard that before? Well, it's not true. You know what your laundromat customers like even better than free? It's fast. That's right, they wanna save time more than they wanna save money in most cases. They want to get in and out of your laundromat as fast as possible, and they'll pay more for that experience. We're proof of that here in Cincinnati. That's why we added HM company drain troughs into our newest store in Cincinnati. While they may never know why, your customers will love that your washers all drain better and faster than with old school drain pipes. As if that wasn't enough, every HM drain trough is made in the USA so they ship in only a few weeks and everyone is custom made just for you and your project. If you want to provide your customers with a top of the industry experience in your store, then contact your distributor to order your HM company drain trough today or visit drain troughs.com.
3: And so we decided we were going to start a laundromat and then we found we found one a zombie mat. Yeah, it was empty city. and um, acquired that.
1: And that, what year? So, you, what year? That went really quick. What year did you get the laundromat industry? 19. Uh, I know we've talked was, about this, but I can't remember.
3: Exactly, 2001.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, mm. two thousand three. Well,
3: when we, we yeah
2: two thousand one, we got the laundry business. But when we got the first laundry mat, was probably about two thousand three or two thousand four.
0: So when you all first got together, you were in broadcasting. You were in nursing when you all got together. Yes. And then did you all both leave your careers to start the cleaning company, or was that like a side hustle?
2: Well, we made it a full time for her, and I was working. And then I had we got so busy, I had to quit. Next thing you know. We're cleaning 400, 500 houses a month. We have a, a large staff. Wow. And it's funny. It's funny how we went from cleaning houses to not one house. We don't clean one house now. All businesses. It's commercial. It's commercial only.
3: And with commercial accounts, they will sign, you know, contracts. So you're guaranteed. Yes. Right. All amount of money for, you know, we do one year, three year, and five year. Okay. But. I would say probably 95% to 98% of our clients will automatically just renew.
0: How big is your cleaning business now? Like how many employees does that side of your business have?
2: More than the (laughs) lawner mats. Yeah. 70, 80. Oh, wow.
3: And during the summer it Will Peak, because we have a lot of empty buildings um, that we clean for the university that we have to flip (laughs) for the students to come back.
1: Oh, like the dorms and stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. I could see that being big money.
3: So good deal. it can go up, you know, another 30 employees in the summer.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of You know, teach. How do you
1: handle? I mean, I know we're talking here to talk about laundromats mostly, but how do you handle that kind of staffing? What's the? You guys must be good at hiring and and, you know, staffing and scheduling and call oh, offs God. and all that yeah, stuff.
3: Manage, you know, we have managers that help us out as well. Sure. And I'll be honest, we, we really don't have a high turnover in the cleaning company. Um mm-hmm. our employees make, you know, oh, 17 way. to 25 dollars per hour. So uh-huh. we're able to keep them and retain them. Um, right. They get bonuses and you know, so our employees, you know, we're we're very appreciative of them. Yeah. Sure. So
1: yeah, Okay. and
3: you know, we hire through indeed. We put ads on.
1: Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs>
3: We found that the quality worker, um, we used to do Facebook and what was that other one?
2: Uh, Craigslist. We used yeah, to do it it, a long time ago. Craigslist so, was like
3: Yeah. So indeed years is actually the one that brings us, you know, the well,
2: priority. because well, we look at it like this. If you if you're on an indeed a professional site like that. They are looking for a job. You put it on Facebook. Oh, there's a job in front of you. You know,
3: on your feed. Gotcha. (laughs) That makes
1: sense. Any art to hiring on Indeed? Because we've actually tried that extensively and had no luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, even for positions within our you know production positions that even pay similar to what you're describing, we've had no luck. And I've tried paid ads, not paid ads. I mean, I've tried everything under the sun. And I keep saying, like, mm-hmm. how is this company like a billion dollar company? We can't find a single good lead. But there must be an art to it for sure. Is there anything you've learned that you could share with us?
3: Well, you just have to weed through your applicants because once you click on and call their phone number, Indeed will automatically charge you for it. And I think they're right. charging $15 a lead. Yeah. So you just have to really wean through them and, you know, it's basically just taking a chance.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good deal. All right. So let's get more into the nitty gritty of the laundromats because I know you guys are at 10 of them now, right? Is that right?
0: We are. 10? So, you know. started with one zombie mat full of May tags.
2: And we, no, no, we no. Put the Maytags in. We put oh, Maytags. you
0: put May tags. It was
2: a nice mat. Here's, it here was a problem with that one. Uh, we went in there with partners. Big mistake. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Huge mistake. Huge mistake. And guess who did all the work? Me and Kelly. Hmm. We did all the work and they reaped all the benefit. And one day we just came and and said hey um we went out and and so they bought us out and we we they bought us out for 40,000 i think it was was something like that and we saw another laundromat mat on brown station road we grabbed it and so that's made us that's
1: clean slate
2: clean slate <laughs> so we got that now along the way we've closed down four mhm um, or laundromats. And and the advice I can give anybody when they're when they're getting a laundromat, um, and I've heard you say this, not all laundromats are a good idea to get just because mm-hmm. the structure's there and it's quote unquote, uh, you're gonna get it for free, it may not be worth two cents. And mm-hmm. I can give you of that. We opened one on Aniston Drive, mm-hmm. and right around the corner from our. And the only reason why we got that was because we didn't want someone to compete with us for our Brown Station store. So mm. sometimes we do those things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so we grabbed it, and man, that thing might have brought in two hundred dollars a month. Horrible. It was <laughs> terrible. And, and you know, with the way we market uh, our business, and we we do well. Uh, and guess and guess what? After us, somebody opened it, and I said, you mm. should with us and you would know
3: and then they closed it there's a the mm-hmm. reason why I
2: splash them
1: out closes the
3: laundromat it's not worth it and now right. somebody's there someone re-op- it's been reopened three times
1: three times since we've left. people and can't quite- help themselves they see that they just like you talked about jodan they see that infrastructure and they just can't help themselves because there is value in the infrastructure even if it's old there is value but that doesn't mean there's enough value to go spend in two three four hundred thousand dollars in equipment.
3: The demographics were great. The demographics was,
1: they're just fine. really yeah. So what so what was your I mean obviously you have hindsight now, but what was your assessment of why it failed? Uh, if the demographics are good, is it just insane competition or I think it's safety.
3: The shopping center oh, okay <laughs> it was um
1: Real shady. Uh, and,
2: and
3: now pretty much all the businesses are closed.
2: There's no mm. businesses. There okay. They they want to act like there's a dollar store there. No, it's a store that sells dollar stuff. Oh, okay. And so there's not a dollar general. There's not a there's not a flagship store in that shopping mm-hmm. center. And the shopping center is in the back side of a neighborhood. So it's not on a fairway. Oh, so okay. Visibility. To, yes, visibility. So you have to go back and around the neighborhood. To get to this particular place, that place would never do well.
1: Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Bad location, terrible location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So tell us what came next because you guys went from one or one to zero, and then one to ten. So you must have done something right somewhere along the way. Take us on that journey.
2: We thought, yeah, we liked this laundromat thing. We we enjoyed it. We saw the we saw how it was working at Bryan Station. And we knew how it was working at, at Russell Cave that we sold the, to our, our partners out. And so we just said, we'll just start looking for laundromats. And, you know, it's funny. All these places were empty that we found. We would, we would drive hours and hours and hours and hours just looking for a place to build a mat or take one over. Mm-hmm. And we would find them left and right. We found Waller Avenue. Uh, we paid Twenty five hundred dollars for that because I just wanted the two front washers. I'll give you twenty five hundred dollars for the front washers and just take the rest of the equipment. And Mm -hmm. they did that. We did it with uh, a Richmond Eastern bypass. That's a great producing store. It was empty, completely empty. Mm -hmm. And we called landlord. Hey, I want to sign a lease. Pimlico Parkway, same way. Um, Pimlico didn't didn't want to rent to us because the guy the
3: guy was living there. Yeah, like he had like a little grill and like. Yeah, it was
2: it was terrible. Wow.
0: So these were all existing laundromats. At, at one so they had the infrastructure, yes. but they were closed down. Correct. OK, and
2: I can tell you why they're closed down, because they were so dirty and nasty. wants mm-hmm. was going into a place where to clean their
1: clothes in a dirty, nasty mm-hmm. facility.
3: And you want to. Well, them. Yeah,
1: well, and I want to point out one thing, too, and I, I'm not super familiar with y'all's story. So keep keep us on the journey. But I want to point out one thing, too. This would have been in two thousand eight, nine, am I guessing that right? Timeline? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause okay. I think I think a lot of people hear a story like this, which is very true. And ours is very similar. I mean, we've mm-hmm. paid, you know, we got one store quote unquote for free. Uh we bought one store for 35K. Uh we bought one, we bought the retail the the uh property, the real estate and the, got the the business was closed down. So we just bought the real estate took over. Uh, that was our newest store. Um, and then we've paid like 70 for one and 85 for one. So we've, we've bought, you know, rundown dumpy laundromats in bad locations. But one of the things a lot of people don't realize is when we bought them. Back in this timeframe of 2005 to 2015, our our industry hadn't evolved to the level it has now and i'm yeah. not saying we've arrived or anything i mean we still have a lot of work to do as an industry but the industry and the opportunities that are out there are a lot less than they were 15 20 years see, ago
2: if i if i had the resources i have now
1: yeah me too <laughs> I'd have, agreed I'd have
2: 45 50 lumber mats easy mm-hmm. dunk, no problem
3: and, and i think back years ago or like as of now, like when people ask us what we do, we'll say we own laundromats and they're like, oh, you know, they don't realize that we have really families that come in there that have their own washers and dryers Mm -hmm. and they might have 15, 20 loads of laundry that they'll pack in there and they're going to spend two, two and a half hours doing that versus the entire weekend. So people are time poor now. And I think that's, one reason why wow. our pickup and delivery, as you guys know, perfect. it's, it's picking up, you know, people mm-hmm. are trying for.
2: So we took a look at your store and, you know, it's funny how people, and, and I was telling Kelly in the car, I was like, if people saw your store, they wouldn't have seen the vision to build a store as such. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, being in this industry and knowing what you see from, from building something from infrastructure and then building it how you want it. Mm-hmm. We're like, this is the perfect store. This is a beautiful store. It's mm-hmm. nice. But not many people would have that vision. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it comes down to. And there's a lot of fortitude. You you have to really have it within uh, to know what you're doing in this field. Because I could see where I could see where somebody could spend 10 million dollars and still and still are spending money trying to get this thing going mm-hmm. where you knew exactly what you were going to do. If that was someone's first store, they would probably be buried mm-hmm. in debt. Yeah. Know where to begin. You know, that's why a lot of people ask me, hey, should I build or or should I take an existing one? I, my personal opinion, if you can get one that's already existing, because if you're going to build one, it's. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of variables there. Um, if you haven't been talk in- about talk about some of those. let's let's uh, shed some wisdom on people. I, I always say on this episode, especially when we have experienced operators, we take a lot of things for granted. what are what are some of those things when you're looking at these stores, potential stores, whether they're out of business or in business, what what are you looking for that are key attributes to help you determine that you're going to acquire the store? whether you pay a little bit for it, a lot of bit for it, or you get it for free, whatever? It's all the same, right?
2: Yes, visibility. Mm-hmm. Ease of uh, ease of enter, enter and exit. Mm-hmm. Um, parking spaces. Parking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go to a place and have five parking spots and think you're going to be successful on a Sunday. Yeah, your biggest laundry day. So you need to know the industry. You need to know what's big. Um, storefront. So it, windows. Looking in the uh, looking in, seeing where I could put eighties a hundred pounders, whatever. Uh, you know, you want the big washers facing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kelly probably has a lot. Um, and, you know, safety, safety's huge. Uh, does this place have a flagship store? Is there a Walmart, a Dollar General? Um, is there, Are there restaurants around? Um, you know, is it big?
1: What size are you looking for ideally?
2: I would ideally like to have two thousand square feet or above. Mm-hmm. Actually, so we like to start at twenty five hundred. But I'm going to tell you something: if the if the opportunity is there and the infrastructure is there, I'm not going to turn it down mm-hmm. because I can make a smaller laundromat and and uh, and then you can also, since worry and wash, dry, fold, pick up a delivery, maybe not even offer it in some of these stores.
3: Right, we do have one store that's only fifteen hundred square yeah. feet, and there's just not any storage. Yeah. For wash, dry, fold. So we don't offer it there. We do still have an attendant. Um, we are just we like attendant stores.
0: Sure, mm. that helps with the safety issue.
3: Yeah, so people and feel safer. In Richmond, with one of our stores, we had a non-attendant <sighs> store, and it was a disaster.
2: They destroyed the machines. I mean, I came in one day, the change machine was gone. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. <laughs>
1: Do you mm-hmm. have any do you yeah. have any unattended yeah. stores now? Or are they no. all attended? All, okay. all attended. We're the same mm-hmm.
2: way. Yeah. Everything's attended. Uh, you know, I, and nothing against people who have unattended stores. And, you know, so we were thinking about doing a hybrid model at some of them, maybe, you know, uh be unattended for a couple of hours and have just mm-hmm. one shift. And I think that would be okay. Our our big thing is making sure the stores are clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It's we, hard to do if you don't have an attendant. Yeah. There.
2: And, 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 you know, segue to leasing uh, uh, properties, make sure your lease is good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Know what you're looking at. And I would highly, I would highly recommend anyone getting into this business. And if someone hands you a 70 page lease or a 35 page lease, if it's more than five pages, take it to an attorney, make Mm -hmm. sure your interests are protected, you know.
0: What parameters do you recommend a lease have? You say a good lease. What makes something a good lease? Well,
2: they can't kick you out of your space Mm -hmm. if something opens up. Okay. I'll give you an example. Okay. So Mm -hmm. our lease in Richmond, Kentucky, right? They came, they sent me a letter saying, "Uh, well, we're going to move your space to the door, to the space next door because we have sold this to someone else. I said, that's fine. But in that lease, they didn't realize that I put a provision, in, at least if they were to ever move me, it would be on the expense of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make sure. Make sure in every lease you have mm-hmm. that they can't move you. But if they do within the shopping center, that they have to pay for the entire move, we're talking about your floors, walls, signage, penetrations of, of deducting, electric, because you're doing a brand new space. So they thought they were gonna, so they, they sent me a letter. I said, Oh. I said, you realize in the lease that you're going to be responsible for paying for everything. It, and they went and got quotes. And it was like three, four $400,000. They said, well, I think the they're going to back out of uh, buying. <laughs> I said, I don't care, I, uh, but we're not moving. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one thing that we did to protect ourselves. That's and smart. So it's huge. So when you're looking at these leases, don't just sign a lease, put a provision in there. Also, protect yourself with their HVAC. So a lot of these places, They'll they'll give you a lease, mm-hmm. and the HVAC in the unit is twenty years old. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, and it's, that's that's going to cost you about ten, fifteen, maybe twenty thousand dollars to replace. So put in there, I will be responsible up to two hundred fifty dollars of maintenance, and I'll have a maintenance plan on this HVAC. But if it breaks down completely, you will have to replace it, not us. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And we have a thousand dollar
2: deductible, and we have a thousand dollar deductible. So if the if we'll pay up to a thousand dollars in repairs,
1: but sometimes these things are irreparable. So mm-hmm. and so, that's good advice. One of the things i also like to try to do, I'll just throw it in there since we're on the topic, is when I'm a, when I'm acquiring a store, taking over space that I don't own yet. You know, one of the things I always try to do is sell them on my vision, the mm-hmm. property owner. Hey, look at this place right now. Now I can show them four or five other stores. This is what I'm gonna turn it into. This is what I'm gonna invest. But before I do, here's what I need you to do. Replace all the HVAC, all new, everything in there from day one. Cause I always say the the time you have the most leverage is when you're selling your vision. If you can, if you're good at selling your vision, selling your dream. So we'll show them, hey, we're gonna invest. And this is how I always term it. I always say, look, we're going to invest a half a million dollars in your building. All we're asking for you to do is replace these HVAC units. I know they technically work. We both know that they're at the end of the life cycle. We want brand new units and we want this sized for a laundromat, which is a, you guys know what I'm talking about there with the dryers and everything. Laundromats, when it comes to air conditioning, depending on the climate you're in, you're typically going to want two to three times the amount of capacity that you would want in heat. Um, And a lot of people don't realize that. So you have to size them properly. But I always try to get that on them, get that on their dime. And we just count that as part of their TIA, right? Um, And so it's, you know, you're you're never in a better leverage position than you are when they have a rundown dump and you're getting ready to make it something amazing. You know, and my thing is always, look, I'm going to spend half a million dollars. Why can't you spend 30 or 40?
2: Well, that's what makes us, and you, and and anybody who has more than one location, you'd be able to sell. You're able to sell that vision mm-hmm. because of of what you have. And if you go to any one of our stores, if you go to one store to the tenth store, they look identical.
1: Yep,
3: mm-hmm.
2: They have identical equipment and identical branding.
3: Filters, identical flooring, but also when you're trying to negotiate a lease, I feel like you always ask for more than you think they're going to give. Definitely, you know, like we were able to have uh, our location on Reynolds Road they put in automatic
0: doors
1: Yes, nice okay so I want to go back and hit on a few nuts and bolts of laundromats for a minute so I know we kind of went all over the place but hopefully people are getting value out of this When, when you have the level of experience that we have on the screen here we can kind of just jump all over the place and and hopefully bring people value so um what equipment do you use today, and how did you get on that journey? Because equipment's an important journey, and I know you guys have went through a few different distributors and things like that, a few different manufacturers, even. And there's there's value for people that don't know anything about the industry.
2: Well, now we started out with Speed Queen, okay, and now okay. we're with Hips. And the reason why we're with Hips is because our Speed Queen distributor with whom I thought was a very good good friend of mine and Kelly mm-hmm. um, came to Lexington and opened up a laundromat less than half a mile from us. Mm. And we, we didn't know we were unaware. And all of a sudden I saw the trucks in town. I said, well, what, what are they doing in town? I'm not going to mention their name because I'm not a guy who wants to bash anybody. So, mm-hmm. so I followed the truck and I saw it. And I said, I can't believe they're opening up a laundromat right next to our top producing store. Mm. Didn't even have the courtesy to call me. So I immediately picked up the phone. I called uh, Steve Millman in uh, Cincinnati, who knows you and who is your distributor as well. Mm-hmm. And I said, Steve, if, if I were to buy equipment from you, if me and Kelly were to have a relationship with you, would you open up a store? He said, absolutely not. And you know how I can test this? That store that's open on Aniston Drive, he had someone who wanted to put one in. And he mm-hmm. told him no. Mm-hmm. He told them no because I'm working with Jodan and Kelly. Mm-hmm. So he's a stand-up guy. And, and you know, I'm not against any distributor making money. But don't step, don't, don't step on me after you sold me so many stores and I thought you were a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know how much money he's lost since then? Mm-hmm. I don't think they. I don't think they think about that. They don't. You know, there's manufacturers that make mistakes in that area. In my opinion, you know, they're free to run their business how they want. But there's distributors that do that. You know what? Uh, I mean,
2: ethics goes a long way, mm-hmm. and if, mm-hmm. you, if yep. you you do what you say you're going to do, uh, that goes even further.
1: I mean, yeah. Well, and I don't know. Too many people are successful to the level that you all are that don't operate that way. There are some people that have some temporary success, and by I mean temporary can be ten or fifteen years. But if you look back over the course of their life, especially at the end of the life, there aren't too many people that, you know, there's a big misnomer out there that there's all these people making, you know, money specifically in our industry, but making a lot of money by, you know, screwing the little man or whatever they want to call it. And there are exceptions for sure. I'm not saying there aren't, but as a general rule, people that are successful, especially in a service business like ours, they're doing it with high morals, high values, high character, Work ethic, you know, their reputation is more solid 20 years from now than it was originally. These are consistencies you can see in the most successful people, at least in our industry. I'll speak for that. But anyways, back to the equipment for a minute. So you went from Maytag, then you went to Speed Queen, and we understand why you got away from Speed Queen. wasn't the equipment, was the distributor, and then you found HM. And I'm just curious, did you just Google equipment distribution? Like, how did you find HM? How did we find HM?
3: I, I don't, don't even
1: remember. I
2: don't remember. Um <laughs> I just always asked that question. I just knew we wanted Speak Queen. I knew we wanted Speak Queen. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because we couldn't use Speak Queen. We had to have an alternative. So right. so I knew, I knew that Hips was Speak Queen. I, mm-hmm. I just Googled distributors. And, and okay. we also said we want a distributor that's close by. And and mm-hmm. HM is close. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is great.
1: So when did you when did you contact HM and how many stores have you acquired slash built since then? Well, it's not just that we retooled all of our stores, mm-hmm.
2: all of them, uh, literally.
0: Was that just was to not- make them match?
2: No, no, just to get rid of a
3: and top of- up.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then we also um, we, went and bought some additional 80s and added on.
2: Yes, and now. Okay. It, We've done three or four stores with Steve, but with HM. But here's what we've done on top of that. We we retooled. We went into every laundromat. Now, we didn't have to replace the hard mount 60s and 80s mm-hmm. and 30s and 40s, but we were assessing. We said, okay, let's get rid of the horizons. They break down all the time mm-hmm. in this application, and let's get rid of the top loaders. So Steve came in, and, and we replaced most of them with 30s and 20s. So, what was there in place of the top loader became the twenty pound washers mm-hmm. and then um and then we just added a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I think we just trying to keep everything fresh all the time just because you're out of debt with laundry in my personal opinion um when you're purchasing a a bunch of equipment and then you're all of a sudden don't owe any money um. That means you've gone five to seven years. You might want to reassess. That's
3: not -hmm. I think a lot of people in the industry let go past Uh. the point where it just is horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that will make the investment, borrow the money, then work as hard as they can for five to seven years, pay off their notes. And then they want to, you know, it's probably not fair to say this, but then they kind of want to coast, meaning they want to enjoy the fruits of their labor, which nothing wrong with that. But you have to have a plan for reinvesting. It can be a small amount each year. You can do it in chunks every couple of years, but where people get themselves into troubles where they don't make those investments. all right. so we've we've beat up on horizons and top loaders a little bit, but let's 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 be fair because we all know we're we're making fun. um what what What's a situation where somebody should use a top loader or horizon style machine? Their first store. I think it's, I, I
2: I would, if I had to do over again, I would do it. I'd do the same thing. She would too. Me too.
1: It yeah. made us, yeah.
2: it
0: made
1: us successful. I'll
0: fully right. give Why
2: up Why do credit. you say
0: that? Why are they good in a first store?
2: Because it's the only store you're worried about. It's, it's a, it's the destination unknown. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how well that store's going to produce. And and then
0: you're spending pennies on the dollar on a horizon, than a hard mount. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so because so, they're cheap, they're, they're less of an investment. They're less of an All investment, right. um,
2: and and you don't know the business. Um, we didn't know the business very well, so we bought a bunch of uh, soft mounts. Um,
3: of it, course, we didn't realize we were going to have ten stores. Either.
1: Yeah,
2: sure. Mm-hmm. Our problem was when we scaled, we were scaling with horizons. That's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. They break a lot. They, they do. Really break a lot.
1: Yeah, they're not. They're not. You know, those top letters. They're not bad machines. I know we pick on them. They're not bad machines for the value.
2: Yeah, that's what I... In our commercial facility here. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. But so what I always tell people is when it comes to Horizons and top loaders, for the value, they're a good machine, meaning they're half price or less than half price from a hard mount machine, what I call a true industrial grade machine. And so there's less risk, right? When you spend less money. I mean, if you bought a 20 20 pound Horizon, and and Steve told me this a long time ago, 20 pound hard mount and a 20 pound Horizon, or they call it 22 and a half pounds now. You know, you can basically vend it for about the same price, but you pay roughly 40% of the cost of that new machine. Now, the only negative to that is they are temperamental. They do break down more often. They have more moving parts, no doubt about that. They don't give the customer quite the same experience, meaning they're not as consistent. You know, they they don't spin out sometimes, and those those kind of things as we know about. Top loaders can do those same kind of things, and you have to replace them sooner. Those are those are really your three, and I'm curious your thoughts on those, but those are really your three negatives. So if you take the, the temperamental and you say, okay, I know it's temperamental, but as you said, I only have one store. If I only have one store, then maybe I can baby these machines a little bit more and keep them in service. So it doesn't affect the customer a ton. And then the other side is, okay, if I have to replace it in five years instead of, or seven years instead of 20 or whatever it is, um, then, okay, that's fine because I paid a fourth of the price or a third of the price. For them, Those are my thoughts on it. So I, I pick on Steve all the time about the horizons and top loaders. We didn't put any of those on our new store uh, and may never buy them again. I'm not sure. But they, they are a means to an end. They have a purpose. I understand why the manufacturers make them. And I think sometimes when we're just kind of having fun in Facebook groups and things like that and picking on horizons and top loaders, I think sometimes maybe we do a disservice. And I'll just speak for me. Sometimes maybe we do a, a disservice to people that are back at the beginning of my journey. Because if you're where I started in 2009, I mean, we literally had a net worth of less than fifty thousand dollars. We had no, that was what we sold our house, like we well, had wow. basically no money. And if it weren't for <laughs> those machines, if it weren't for those machines, we wouldn't have been able to get a couple steps up the staircase. Uh, so anyway, I like to and pick up
2: my net worth was a credit card, okay, <laughs> uh, and, and I could barely get that, so, you know. And, and I was lucky to marry Kelly. Uh, because she had a little bit of money she was more responsible than me yep. but you're exactly right on the horizons and top loaders I do give them a dis- I sh- they did if I didn't have them I wouldn't be where we are today and, and you're right you're you're absolutely correct we give them a hard time and
1: with with one or two stores I would still be buying them all right, let's jump on to another important topic.
0: Yeah, I want to hear about your uh, pickup and delivery wash, dry, fold journey. So I know you started out with not even having a laundromat, but you were basically doing pickup and delivery with your client's laundry in the basement of your you cleaning guys facility.
1: And delivery. <laughs> you guys were doing it before it was cool. We, so we then you got laundromats. What did you do? What would you say? Well, uh,
2: we always did pick up and delivery, but it wasn't on a higher scale. We went to the clean show, met you at the clean show. And yeah. um, so we wanted to see what we could do to try mm-hmm. to, we had what, a hundred clients, maybe, um, that we would pick up and delivery, but we didn't have any route software, didn't know where to go with all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so Were we they went, all
0: cleaning clients, or no? Uh, you no. had no. branched out to others now too. Okay.
2: Out. No, this, this is later on. This is when we saw you all at the Clean Show in um, oh,
0: New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 17. Remember?
2: Remember? Yeah, this yeah. twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, and then uh, then you then we went to your facility to uh-huh. to to do that particular um, brand. Mm-hmm. And so so then we we decided. You know what. We need all of our stuff in the house, and we want to just do it all our, our, all our, on our own and make our own decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've done, and so now here we are today. We've gotten so busy on pickup and delivery because we are pushing pickup and delivery that we purchased a twenty thousand square foot warehouse with the intention of uh, putting. And It's funny. We have Kelly said. So we're, we have the our back line of our Waller Avenue stores where we do all our pickup and delivery. We're moving all that over here, and uh, so we're going to bring those washers and dryers over here this week. And I'm going to start building the bulkheads. And Kelly goes, "You know, we have all these horizons and all these top loaders in here." I said, "God, you're right. We might if they're under our watchful eye, mm-hmm. going to break." Um, so we're going to just use those as well. And then we're going to use the top loaders to so- soak for certain um, lin- linens and stains. And mm-hmm. and uh, and so And we bought a folder, a full text folder, something you need to come up and take a look at, Dave. Um, I do. And uh, because I think I see how much laundry you do, which is a, a massive amount of pickup and delivery laundry. So I don't know how many pounds you do a day, uh, let's say. But Randy Roberts is doing about 2,000 pounds to 2,500 mm-hmm. pounds a day. And he said he cut his labor force in half mm-hmm. with his Votex machine. And uh, it's amazing. He just put a towel on. Bam.
3: And it not only folds towels, it, it folds shirts, um, pants. It doesn't that do small children's size. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. That was one of the things I want to ask you, because I saw your video and I know he was doing towels and stuff like that, but, and I think it said somewhere in the video, he showed you a shirt, but I was wondering, is that a one-off or is that something the machine is really made for?
3: No, you it's can It, it. has, you can program it's 168 programs. I think, 168 so. different garments, type of garments you can fold. And, and another thing we looked at Chicago, various brands and, The maintenance of those compared to the Uh, full text. mm i mean like when we went to look at the chicago i felt very intimidated yeah when we looked at the full text, it's very user-friendly
2: yeah (laughs) not me not too many parts that are going to break uh randy
1: hasn't had one problem with his has been in there for six months so when you use that for you talked about the programming so, and I don't want to go too far down this, but I think people are pretty curious about this. And I know I am. If you were to, you you said like you have to program it to fold a shirt. So if you're doing a residential order of laundry that has shorts, pants, underwear, socks, you know, polo shirts, you know, no hanging, so, do you have to... I mean, as you're doing a 40-pound order, let's say, of just, you know, a family of threes clothes or something, do you have to keep changing the programming? It's, oh, this is a pants. Yeah, this just this a press,
2: a press a button
1: and throw the shirt through. And, so you and just tell it pop. it's pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just press the button real quick. It, it's
2: so It separates
3: quick. everything when it comes out. So if you have different size towels or shirts or whatever, mm-hmm. and it stacks the same size items together.
0: Oh, wow.
1: We do almost exclusively residential. We have one commercial account that we even do at a different store now. Uh, But we do anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 pounds a night, but we only do that four days a week um, right now. And we'll expand beyond that at one point. We were doing six days a week and we were doing up to about 2,200 pounds on a heavy night and about 1,800 on a light night. Um, But we actually carved off, and this is, Part of our story, I've talked about, we actually carved off about 40% of our pickup and delivery territory. That I started when I really started getting nerdy on my numbers, because I really wasn't, we really started, we were losing a lot of money. Um, and I started drilling down on the numbers and I realized about 40% of our territory, we were either losing money or breaking even on, even at scale. Um, but you have to understand, you know, we were going, in some cases, we were going 45, 50 minutes from our store. And then servicing a route up there. So I thought, well, if we ever get to the point where we do, you know, 1100 pounds, it's worth driving an hour to pick up 1100 pounds, right? Um, but we never, we, we realized on basically the west side of Cincinnati, which is a little bit older and not quite as dense in some areas. Um, we realized the scale just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so we actually grew to, we used to do significantly more volume than we now do nowadays, but nowadays we're hyper focused. We actually raised our prices and we make more profit. Than we made before servicing about 60% of the area. So there's a lot of little like tweaks and pickup and delivery that we've just, you know, school hard knocks picked up along the ways. Um, but anyway, I forget my point and all that. But
2: but Kelly closed a 60 room
1: hotel just to, two weeks ago.
2: So, mm-hmm. so the commercial.
1: That's the key right there. I
2: don't want um, me and me and Kelly were talking about, you know, these big, huge plants. Mm-hmm. OK, I just want their leftovers. There's a lot that they will not service. Uh, like say, for example, I went on their website and I looked at their reviews. Okay, I'm not going to mm-hmm. mention any of these people by name, but I looked at their reviews. The only bad reviews they got was they couldn't get to me. Um, they said it's not worth their time, um, and they mm-hmm. and, and this and that. So, and I'm I'm thinking, well, how much is not worth their time? We're talking 500 pounds a day. Isn't mm-hmm. worth their time because. They're they're doing it on pennies of forty cents a pound, where I'm doing it a dollar eighty nine a pound, yep. um, and they would pay one eighty nine a pound mm-hmm. uh, for us to do it. So we're going after those people. Yep. And what is
0: your current balance of like residential laundry versus small business versus commercial currently that you service?
3: I'd say it's I'd say forty percent commercial, sixty percent residential, and it's every day. You know, with the right marketing, we we just got some additional new commercial clients um, mm-hmm. in one of our smaller cities. And they're they're doing about, we just pick them up once a week and deliver them. So it works out good because we pick them up on a Thursday. The following Thursday, we'll deliver and pick up again. Mm-hmm. So we're only having to do one time going on that route.
1: All right. One more thing I know you all are passionate about in your stores, payment systems. you have any opinions <laughs> on payment systems, Kelly?
3: You're talking about on the machines? Yeah,
1: yes, like your what's your pay? Are you, are you hybrid? Are you quarter still? Are you cards? Are you? Um, I mean
3: four of our stores are strictly card only as of okay. now. um and we're so, in the process of putting an order in for the additional stores to change them. Um we haven't exactly decided if we're gonna have them all card or some of them hybrid. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and that's launder works, right? That's the brand you use. Yes. Yeah. And on, on our show, on our show, don't hesitate to give shout-outs for people doing good stuff.
2: <laughs> no, we're, 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 no, no, uh, no I just. We love a lot of it's, works. It's
3: user-friendly. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I don't have to go to the store and collect quarters. I hated that. Mm-hmm.
3: So if you're I like busy and, for example, we're out of town and we have a member, a member of our management go and collect. It's mm-hmm. going to tell you exactly what you have in each machine, and you just take the card and clear it out, and it starts all over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know,
2: it takes down, it, it, you know, so I don't have to go and collect anymore. But when we're talking about hybrid, when you said, yeah, we might keep them quarter and card, but we're not going to provide a quarter.
1: We're not going to provide a machine that will give you quarters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, okay. Your quarters, if you want to bring sell. them, you can, but we're not going to mess yeah. with keeping up with selling them and all that. Correct. It's okay. Payment. Yeah. You know, pay. I don't know too many people that do that. That's an interesting mm-hmm. philosophy. I like that. I'll be curious. You have it. you're not there yet, right? That's there. We're going to be there. I'm curious but... how that'll go.
0: Because <laughs> if they
1: come in, they still have an option, but you really don't want it to be quarters. Hmm. You know?
0: But you would be, if they do bring them in, you're constantly, you can't use those quarters for oh, change. So you're going to be constantly you taking quarters to, to the, bank.
1: the bank. You can't recycle them.
2: That's yeah. A good point. Yeah. No, no, I can't recycle yeah. but that's okay. I, I, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, quarter but I but I won't be when when the when the attendant calls and says hey this box is full it won't take any more quarters I don't care to tell them to use your card right <laughs> right yeah. that's that's going to be my thing so it's going to be very rare that I'm going to go out and collect the quarters you know it's mm-hmm. going to be you know I might get do every other washer and and I'm hoping to push them to the card with those. but it's mm-hmm. the best option to have I think mm-hmm. if if so cuz you are a dollar coin and you do card right mm-hmm. yeah I yeah, remember
1: yeah, so, so we have the sense card readers on the machines where it's I always call it credit debit at the machine. So you insert it, hit start, and the machine starts. You don't have to buy a card, no loyalty, no kiosk, nothing. Oh, and really? then we have yeah, Sorry. that's what we have right now. So customers love that because they just walk right up the machine, insert the card, hit start, and that's it. They don't mm-hmm. have to do anything. And it only takes the it takes that money directly out of their bank account. And they don't they don't have to put twenty, fifty, hundred dollars on a card and then have a float. I know one of the things you know, just just to go through the whole cycle of payment systems here, since we're talking with experienced operators, you know, I hear I hear the card system companies talk about the float, how it's so great. And I get it for the owners that it is. But the way I always turn that around and I say, but if it's good for us, a lot of times that means it's bad for them. Meaning customers understand that we're holding their money. So if they put $20 on a card and only spend 12 of it, The customer knows we're keeping $8 of their money. And yeah, it's an IOU. But so I've always looked at the float as, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. And it's a pro for us. You know, you talk to people that say, I put a card system in, you know, 18 months later, I got a $60,000 float. So my float paid for the entire card system, which is true. But then I always spin it around on them and I say, but don't forget, that means you have $50,000 of your customer's money that you haven't provided a service for yet. So I'm not saying you're taking their money. I'm just saying, think about the psychology from their perspective. So just the other side of a coin. But to answer your question, the sense system, they're not quite there yet, but they're rolling out their kiosks very soon. And this is being recorded in May of 2023. Um, So I think in the next four or five months, their kiosks Mm -hmm. are going to be out. And then we'll have dollar coins. So we'll have changers to sell dollar coins. If they bring quarters in, we'll exchange them for... Uh, dollar coins over the counter our attendants will we have debit credit card readers on each machine so they can walk up and just put their card right in the machine and hit start they'll eventually have phone pay as well where you can scan the qr code or if they really choose to they can go to the kiosk and buy a laundry card and have the credit and the float the way the traditional system is so it's a process but that's that's kind of a where we, you know, our journey of where we were and where we're going to. Um, But, you know, in fairness to everybody, and then I'll let you throw your two cents in, in fairness to the industry, what I also hear too, which is an absolute truth, is that keep in mind, you have to buy and maintain every one of those systems. So if you only have loyalty card Launderworks, right? And that's all you have is a card system in your store. That's the only thing you have to buy. And that's the only thing you have to maintain and keep up because everything breaks down. If I have a hybrid system and I have, you know, dollar coin, that means I have a coin mech on every machine in my store. That means I have a changer. Now you won't, but we, we we do. That also means if we have sense card readers, that we have a card reader on every machine. So we have to buy and maintain two things on every machine in our store. And we know that coin mechs and card readers aren't cheap. So my cost of operating my payment system is double yours. Then if I go putting a pay, a um, a kiosk in, I have to buy the kiosk. And then if we do loyalty cards, we have to buy loyalty cards and those cost money. So these are just trying to hit all sides of the equation here. There's we
0: expenses, but we are going There's to offer a lot of cons. optionality.
1: Yeah, but it's but it costs us more to operate our yeah. in-store payment systems.
0: Right.
2: Well, and when you talk about um leaving money out there of fifty thousand dollars or whatever mm-hmm. on these cards, you know what that you know what that does for us? I, I'm gonna tell you what that does. It's gonna pretty much guarantee that customer is gonna come back to yes. our
1: 100 percent
2: not try out another store yep. we also have a car trading program bringing your car oh good for I you care. i don't care what's on it i'm gonna put 20 dollars on it good for you hmm. so uh we also have a bag trading program bring in uh
1: another customer another laundromat's bag we'll trade I you know, for one of our bag but you give me that bag good for <laughs> you But
2: as far as I hope
1: sorry, I hope everybody just listened to what he just said, because those are two golden examples of how to operate your business and take it to another level. They seem simple, but one, if you were to mimic those two things he just mentioned, that will revolutionize your business. And then the other thing I want to add to this, and I'm sorry to interrupt Jodan, the other thing I want to add to it is think about that mindset. Think about that, forget forget the trading in the bags. Think about the mindset associated with. How you comp- how you deal with your competitors. You bring in a competitor's laundry card. We'll trade you for one of ours and give you twenty bucks. That's probably the best. I mean, that's a $20 cost of acquisition. By the way, it's not actually 20 because it doesn't cost you $20 to run those machines. We all know that too. Right. And the bag, if the bag costs, that's right. If the cost, if the bag costs you four bucks and you might sell it for 15, it doesn't cost you 15. Now you just acquired a customer for $4. Right. And you acquired an existing laundromat. Like that is golden genie. If y'all listen, just listen to this entire episode and you miss that part, you need to think about that. I apologize, but I had to point that out.
3: And one thing I do like about Launderworks, it has enabled us to acquire a database so that, for example, Christmas is coming up. So we mm. can just send out an email saying we've added $20 to your loyalty card. We appreciate your business, however you want to word it.
2: There and you go. either through
3: their email or text. Genius. So that's another that. way of... of keeping your customer coming back to you to show your appreciation. Yeah.
2: We, we've been looking for ways for years how to give back to the community and mm-hmm. to our customers. And being all card and having a loyalty card um, and, and to where we can email to their card, email, email the customer and let them know it's just so easy to do now. Mm-hmm. When we couldn't do that before, you know, you give away a bike, this and that, this and that, but it's just to one customer. We want to do it for all. And I don't yep. care. If you're on the lower end or the higher
1: end, we we want to treat every customer the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad we went down that rabbit hole. That was good stuff right there, guys. And we don't have a bag exchange program, or let me rephrase that. We didn't no, have a bag exchange program, <laughs> no, but we do, do We do now. That was Kelly's <laughs> idea, by the way. That's Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen, I know we've taken up a lot of you guys' time today. We want to kind of wrap this up, but we've been all over the place. Anything that you wanted to discuss today that, that we haven't discussed, Carla, is there anything we've missed? I know this has been a little bit of an atypical conversation, but with your success in the industry... We, we could have just sat here and talked about store one and store two and store three, but I thought this might be a better approach to it.
0: If people do want to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you? You can
2: email me, jdreed5150 at gmail.com. You can um, go
3: to our website. Website,
1: splashamount.com. Mm-hmm. Um, splashamount.com, and there's an inquiry page there. And you go. are... Channel. And you guys are on at least a couple of the Facebook groups, right? You're on my group and oh, yeah. on Ross's group, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And yes, and then probably
1: maybe others too. Owners, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Laundromat owners, laundromat millionaire mm-hmm. uh, owners group is our Facebook group. It's free, by the way. So anybody listening, jump in there. We love to have you, whether you're getting into the industry or already in the industry. There's different groups out there on Facebook that are for different purposes, um, and they all, you know, some of them are more repair oriented. Um, you know, those types of things. So, uh, but we'd love to have you in our group for sure. Great con- you guys are we're you guys we're are pretty the- active. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What was we're
2: that? We're in your group and there's some yeah. great content in there as well. You know, people, people don't realize uh, that's, that's one of the main things getting in these groups. You'll learn a lot.
1: Oh uh, yeah. A lot.
3: And, and that's one of the benefits from going to the laundry events because you can mm-hmm. meet with like-minded individuals.
1: Mm, great point, Kelly. Yes. I talk about all the time how I love the Facebook groups. I love that they're free. I love that people are so sharing. And mm-hmm. But, Dan, you said tire kickers. Man, oh, man, are there a lot of tire kickers out there. And there's also, let's just call a spade a spade because we're about being authentic here. There's a lot of laundromat owners out there giving people advice that you shouldn't be taking, right? I, what I always say is, and these are just anecdotal comments, so don't get all worked up, everybody. But what I always say is, Let's say hypothetically, 50% of the laundromats in this country are in a terrible state of disrepair. I think it's probably higher, but let's say 50%. That means if you get in a Facebook group, just pure numbers game, 50% of the people in that group probably own those laundromats. And in my opinion, this is just a general statement. That means 50% of the people in that group's their comments, that's not good advice, right? So there's a good and a bad with everything. Just because somebody's in a Facebook group doesn't mean they know what they're doing. For that matter, just because they own 5, 10, 20 stores doesn't mean they know what they're doing. I know some horrific, I bought some stores from some horrific operators that own 20 laundromats. So we we have to keep everything in context here. And my point in all this is, Kelly, what you said is genius. And what it is, is you know how you know who to take advice from? You get to know them. You build a relationship with them. And you can do that through Facebook and private message and LinkedIn and whatever. But the best way to do it is to actually sit there and have lunch with them. At a conference, at a workshop, at a clean show, just walk over and, hey, you guys look familiar. Aren't you from you know Splash out, whatever, uh, while they're sitting there eating their Chick-fil-A or whatever? Um, And you get to know people that way. And once you build a relationship with them and you have a five, 10-minute conversation, you can usually pick up on real quickly who the sharp ones are. And there's a million of them out there. I'm not here to suggest... We're the only two, but there's a million of them out there. But you just have to understand that not everybody that owns a laundromat and not everybody that owns a lot of laundromats is, is going to be a good mentor, coach, or even just give you advice, even if it's free. So I just wanted to point that out because one of the best ways to tell uh, you know, who are people you should be taking advice from is to get to know them in person. And the best way to do that is at these conferences, clean shows, workshops, things like that. I know even our workshop that for pickup and delivery and wash dry fold that we do here in Cincinnati, it's a smaller workshop that we do two or three times a year. And we only have 15 people at them. So it's very, very small and intimate. But every I tell them literally the first five minutes of the workshop, I tell them all, if y'all don't leave here with at least five or 10 friends, you're crazy. Because this room is full of people that are either at a different level, or they're on their way to being at a different level. And if y'all aren't sharing, you know, it's one thing to get information from us, even coaching and things like that, your podcast, whatever. But if you're, if you're not sharing information with each other and making personal connections with each other and taking those back home that have nothing to do with us other than you met here, you're really missing out on some of the value of this workshop. And my point is, even within a context of just 15 people in a room, you know, we spend two days together, 16, 18 hours a day in these workshops. It's pretty, it's, I mean, we eat every meal together. Every break is together. Everything is together. You can get to know somebody pretty quickly in a matter of a couple of hours, let alone a couple of days. Um, So I just want to, I didn't want to gloss over that, Kelly, because man, that, that might be the golden nugget of this whole show.
3: And I'll tell you what else we do. People we meet at the CLA or, or the Clean Show, we actually have taken multiple trips and mm-hmm. we've actually gone to visit their laundromats and yep. see their laundromats and get particular ideas that we may never have thought about.
2: There's a lot of great ideas out here. Mm-hmm. There, there ways to cat. And, and you know, And we're not tunnel vision people. We're always looking for ways to learn and, and do better of what we're, mm-hmm. you know, and, and build on that. Um, yep. But I want to tell you something real quick. You were talking about a zombie match, you know, if if we walked outside, if, if everybody did a list, uh, write a you know a list of how many that you know of in your town, I can come up with five that I know of off, right off the top of my head. So how many are really out there doing a disservice to this to this industry? It's amazing.
1: Yep. Well, and a lot of them, depending on the market and the competitors and things that are lack thereof, a lot of them are making a lot of money, which honestly, <laughs> like I, I'm all about people making money, but not in you know i'm i'm a i'm all about people making money in service to other people mm, they're not think, serving their community. i think as well. when you make money by taking advantage of people i think that's what gives business and business owners and capitalism and all the that's what gives us a bad name and so that actually makes me sick and by the way the only reason they get away with that is because somebody hasn't taken advantage of that opportunity because if there's a zombie mat or even what i call a plain jane mat nothing you know very very basic uh mat that's just killing it in a certain market, you know what that screams? Opportunity of a lifetime for a top of the industry operator. And we all understand that. So those those are out there. They are, you know, less than they were. I was trying to make that point earlier. (laughs) They are less than they were 15 or 20 years ago uh, because people like us are are sharing information and connecting and getting to know each other and uh, helping each other, what we call elevate the industry. So... Anyway, awesome, awesome stuff. We're going to let you guys go for the day. Man, thank you so much. You guys took I almost two been. hours out of your day. Oh, if you've been, been too? Oh, my God. We I know. <laughs> y'all are going to be late for Chick-fil-A. And no, Dave did all the talking. It was all him. <laughs> I get blamed all the time. That's okay. Listen, any any last-minute words for the uh, audience today? I mean, you guys have brought cheese beats Keep oh, Pete, plugging away.
2: I, 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 I'm just – we have a passion in this. In this you industry. do. You Love dad, it. you guys do as well. And – And I just, uh, you know, just keep trying hard out there, just doing Mm -hmm. your best. And I I think things will come around. Um,
3: True. And not everything's going to go 100% your way. So if they do,
1: (laughs) let me know because I want (laughs) to. Yeah. I want you to be my next coach. (laughs) All right. Listen. For David Carlemans, our friends Joe Dan and Kelly Reed down in Lexington, Kentucky, we hope to meet you guys someday. If you can't tell, we all give a lot of credit to our success in the industry by connecting with, getting to know others, whether it's great distributors, great manufacturers, great human beings, great laundromat owners, Facebook groups. We'd love to have you join our Facebook group. We'd love to see you at the next workshop conference, whether it's ours here in Cincinnati or go check out our website. We're always giving shout outs. Uh, Joe, Dan, and Kelly are on social media. Every time we do a Q and A, seems like they always jump in and are sharing all kinds of gold nuggets. Uh, this is this this is what I mean when I exhaustingly say, "Us laundromat owners are all better together." This is exactly what we're talking about. These guys are powerhouses in the industry. If you don't know them, you need to get to know them because there's a lot of good stuff happening in the industry. And if for those of you all that haven't made a decision to elevate your game yet in the industry, you better get on board or you're going to get left behind. I'm telling you right now. We want what's best for you. Reach out to us. We're more than willing to share and to help you guys. So this is it for today. We'll see you all next week for another episode of the Laundromat Millionaire Show. Take care, everyone.